Today, we have Hugo Warner, who co-founded hospitality group Benugo with his brother Ben, and last year launched a purpose-built co-working space called The Fisheries near Broadway Market in London. He talks about how great hospitality means taking care of every part of the experience at every scale, whether you're building a community hub or a stakeholder brand or even a post-pandemic high street. Good morning, Hugo. Thank you for joining me this morning. Very kind. Now, when we last spoke, you were, we were talking a little bit about your, your work with Benugo and the fisheries. And I think the word hospitality and to be hospitable came up a lot. And I wonder if you could tell us a bit about that. That felt like a good place to begin. So I think hospitality is one of those words which is sort of misunderstood a, a lot. You know, it's, it's, it's a very ubiquitously used. It's a bit like quality is another word yeah. which is ubiquitously used. Yeah. And not all, I mean, you know, hospitality is, is, is in the eye of the beholder, really, isn't it? Or the person yeah. who sees it. Yeah. But I mean, the, the word hospitality, which we were talking about, you know, comes the same word as hospital, which means to take care of people. And that's, that's where it's derived from. So. In its essence, hospitality about taking care of people mm. uh, in the same way that nurses and doctors take yeah. care of people in a hospital, in the world of hospitality, yeah. we take care of people. And that, that, that is the basis. You know, you, you're not taking care of anybody, then you're not being physical. Yeah. And that could be at your own house, um, you know, uh, with friends. Obviously, we're, we're fine being physical to our friends. Yeah. But there seems to be a sort of barrier when it comes to the workplace about hospitality and what, what, where where the line is, mm. I guess, between taking care of someone and allowing them to just do their work, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I guess that's, that's the, der- the derivation of the word, I think, is yeah. interesting. And I guess that's the thing, isn't it, about knowing kind of where, where to begin and end, because it, too often it can be something that is, is done to people. But you're talking about enabling conversations and it's on their terms. And I remember you telling me that that's very much what makes you tick, that, I suppose, active listening is the first yeah. bit, isn't it? I mean, I'm not a terribly sociable person, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like being in the back of house. I don't really like being in front of house. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, this is the first podcast I've ever done, so uh, so it'd be interesting to see how it come out. So, I, you know, I don't put myself forward, but I love to see other people having a good time and enjoying themselves. And I think that is that's a sort of I, I think I have that in common with a lot of people who are in the hospitality industry, which is I mean, some, some people are a bit more gregarious and want to be front of the house, but you know, we 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 want to see people having a good time, and we just enable it. So, you know, Benigo was very much like that. Fishery certainly like that, you know. Our, our uh, you know, we, everybody else has to come first, and that, it, it makes it much easier in terms of someone's job description. To be honest, you say, look, our, our job is is just about taking care of someone, making sure someone's happy, mm. and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever it takes within within certain uh, parameters, obviously, uh, you know, make people happy. Yeah. Do you feel you've got then more control of, I suppose, all of those triggers? Because I guess with Benugo, you, you're working often yeah. within existing buildings yeah. and a whole framework that was not your own. I guess in this time, you've got, well, controlling more of the channels, but more opportunities to also take risks and mess it up, I suppose. How, how did that work for you, that well, transition? I mean, I mean, messing up is so important, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> it's true. It really is. I mean, I, 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 look, I'm 50, almost 52, and I can tell you, you know, if, if anyone listened to this thinks I've, I've done everything right and, uh, you know, got to where I am in life by, by getting everything right, absolutely not the case. You yeah. know, uh, 
made many, many mistakes. I think the thing is, to, if you are putting this idea of hospitality first, yeah. then it gives you a sort of, uh, it gives you your end point, right? Yeah. So you can you can sort of cut and paste the stuff that works and the stuff that doesn't. You just say, well, that didn't work, we'll mm. move on. You know, most of these things we do uh, on a day-to-day basis are not, you know, they're not sync the company. You know, they're, they're, they're small um, gestures of goodwill, maybe yeah. even. And, you know, when they don't work, nobody takes them up, then mm. move on to the next thing, you know. And, um, yeah. So I, you know, failure is absolutely important to hospitality, you know, and, 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 and seeing how people react. And everyone's certainly different. I mean, it is, you know, it's, it's, the old phrase goes, if we, if we didn't have customers, then uh, it'd be much more enjoyable. Is <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know quite how someone's going to react. But, you know, yeah. you, 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 you um, I'm not sure I'll answer your question, actually. Well, <laughs> well I, 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 I think you are. Well, no, I think you are. I think that I, that, that question is, is one I suppose about, I'm interested. Uh, I was interested in that transition of how you went from Benugo to the fisheries. And I suppose that uh, it struck me that there's part of it that's about yeah. you know having more opportunity to be generous because you control more of the channels. But also, I note that there's more opportunity to prototype too, and and that's a bit that you you know I think you're interested. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what I said is I've always been I always wonder that you know quite intuitive about stuff and. You know, if if we're talking about the fact that we built a building here and then you know, operating inside of it, then, yeah. then of course that allows you some some level of um, uh, opportunity. But yeah. but actually, fact, you know, we we have the same um, you know the, the same uh, risks as any other landowner yeah. or yeah. building owner, and so far with your banking covenants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We have to, you know. We, and those are serious, you know, yeah, yeah. large sums of money, massive assets, and everything else. Yeah. Um, so, so we, we we have to do we have to operate within that as well. Yeah. You know, the, the sort of property side of the business, totally understand that. But you know, my view is, look, instead of looking at spreadsheet yeah. and saying, well, you know, does does this stack up? You say, well, look, if we give people what they want, they will yeah. come. Build it and they will come, sort of. So, I imagine, you know, you've got to put that first. If you yeah. put that first, the money will come. You know, yeah. that, that, that's, I guess, probably be my attitude in life generally. Certainly, you know, the, the two big companies people know me for, you know, is that is, you know, put that first yeah. rather than the spreadsheet. Yeah. The spreadsheet you need, what you need is spreadsheet, of course, but, yeah. you know, yeah. put, 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 the, put the hospitality first. And people will come back. You know, yeah. that's that's I guess guess yeah. my my view. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I think and that point I suppose that it's sort of there's one bit that's build it and they will come, and I suppose the other bit is involve people and they'll come again and again and again. Yeah. Because that's also the other bit, isn't it? The live bit that you're talking about. Yeah, no, totally. I mean we we, we always, you know, we, we always sort of felt that you you in Benugo we used to hand out the recipes for our cakes and things like that because yeah. actually you wanted people to feel that they owned they were sort of you know they were there was a sense of ownership that they weren't just your customer they felt part of it and actually you know it's much harder when you get bigger mm. but when you're small we had one side from Clark and well people genuinely felt that you know the orange and almond cake was sort of handed down to them by sort of grandmothers and, yeah. and, and, and you know the brownie apple cake which is my mother's recipe was so was a genuinely sort of family sort of treat yeah. you know that was that was something that everyone shared with us yeah and 
it's absolutely fantastic and that, that's definitely put me in really good stead with fisheries because we're in Hackney it's a essentially community workspace yeah. I mean yet because we're in the middle of a residential area yeah and you know we we, we absolutely want people to believe this is their space this yeah. is not ours yeah, yeah. You know, we, we're just the providers we're just the enablers we, they make the space what it is yeah. and you know the more they can get involved the more activity they create themselves then yeah. then the more everyone buys into it yeah I suppose and that's a, I mean it's so critical isn't it that thing about those common activities common goals common interests you know and and the fact that you're seeking to get that involvement i suppose so tell me in terms of the events then is is that a critical bit of it in terms of the the, the way the day and the week looks and those highs and lows do you yeah, spend a lot of time orchestrating that right. how do you do that yeah, yeah actually that's a quite interesting thing because i mean obviously the last 12 months has not been yeah. the greatest time to hold any sort of event but um, actually, events, you know, for us, I think for other workspaces, they form a much bigger part of what their curriculum is. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For us, they're really important. We generally let our members curate those yeah. rather than ourselves. Um, you know, I'm not going to push, you know, certain wake views on yeah. people because I haven't shared them, you know. So we have wonderful um you know, members who have their own content and they yeah. want to share those with people and I yeah. think that's fantastic you know and, and, and again comes back to this sort of sense of ownership is their event yeah um, and they're all making friends with each other as well so they bring a sort of bring a crowd with them yeah um, to those sort of things so you know, our events are focused on you know, we two, two, two probably primary things one one is our Wednesday lunch um, yeah. which we call that's workers lunch which is free for yeah. our members and it, it, again, comes back to this idea of hospitality. And, mm. and for me, particularly, hospitality is about gathering around the table yeah, yeah. with some food and a drink, maybe, it's yeah. an evening, yeah. and having, you know, having a good time and, and conversation. And that's yeah. how great, great conversations from the great philosophers yeah. to the great minds of today, I'm sure, take place around a table, eating, drinking, you know, I'm actually certain of it. Yeah. Not, 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 not necessarily in a Zoom call or, or yeah. a or a team view or whatever it is, yeah. I'm sure they still take place around the table. Yeah. And so that was a, that's a really key event for us. And we, you know, we will mix tables up. Um, we're only able to, we've just got back into what we call green room. Yeah. Um, since the last lockdown, we were doing takeaway once we was we couldn't do it in yeah. the green room. And so tables of six with different people sharing ideas, getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, and creating those sparks so that, yeah. so that you know, when they're queuing for their coffee, well, hopefully not queuing, but standing there getting their coffee, yeah. they recognise the person they were on the table two weeks ago yeah. and they have a little conversation. So that's yeah. that's probably our single biggest thing. And then we do yeah. one thing called First Thursday, yeah. um, which is um, our, our big event where we would, would normally put on a DJ yeah. and it's a proper evening do nice. as well attended. Yeah. It's well run, you know. We cook the food from scratch. We get good wine in, and uh, and often a cocktail or two. And you know, so rather than bombard people with events, yeah. we do possibly less, but yeah. but but 
I would say letter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I like and I like the way also it's clearly it's the regularity of it's critical, isn't it? That people know that within their week they've always got this, and if I want to bump into people, I'm more likely to bump into them there. So it's a bit of sort of engineered serendipity, but not all the time. Just as a sort of like steady pedal tone, I suppose, and and that makes sense. It is engineered in, in a design sense because yeah. you know we created you know fisheries fifty percent of our space is common space what we call common space right. and you know we created these um, we call them water cooler moments not really our phrase yeah. but we we've stolen it yeah um, we we you know the old office where you went to get your water from a sort of bottle of you know bubbling water, a little parasitic cup, yeah. and that was the point where she could meet someone with a photocopy, or maybe there'd be photocopying it, so I don't know. Um, and so we, when we were designing this, and remember that we designed in-house mainly, um, we created these moments where people could connect. Mm. And that was an absolutely deliberate thing. So, so when we talk about events, yeah. you know, we, we, we made a space in which events can happen by their mm. own, by, just by virtue of them just happening, you know, these little yeah. touch points. Yeah. In, in hospitality, you call them touch points, yeah. layers, and yeah. that's a different phrase for them. Uh, I won't talk about pure hospitality, it's restaurants, yeah. bars, and they're the interfaces in which a customer will touch your organisation. I think it's probably yeah. true of many other um, service-related businesses yeah. as well. And that's, you know, so we think of a place of food as being obviously the big thing, a restaurant, you know, a glass of wine, but actually there are many, many others, yeah. um, you know, down, down to the, the, you know, the, the type of pe- pepper pot you, you, you use and all of those yeah. things, they, they will say something about you. Yeah. And it's the same here, you know, we, we create these, we, we, we say we create, we don't create them, we just, we just um, help to create them by, yeah. by, by giving a space that allows them to do it yeah yeah i i love that and i think those nudges and how yeah each one of those touch points you play their part to often warm people up and to attract them involve them is critical to it and i also put it like the salt and pepper pot thought that i remember when we worked with virgin atlantic they had salt and pepper pots that were shaped like little planes and on the underside it said and it said on the underside it said stolen from virgin atlantic (laughs) which you know that's such absolutely brilliant. As I say, I've got a couple. <laughs> I, you know, I have to admit. But what, you know, in Benigo, we used to actually produce really beautiful mugs and stuff mm. to get knit. Because yeah. that was part of spreading your brand. We have here at this. We have t-shirts and bags. We want them to be sold. We want them to be taken. We don't want. You know, you listen. For, for it's best bit of mark. Best marketing spend. You, you know, a couple of quid for a mug. Yeah. You know, say. <laughs> I, I remember Mezzo. Do you remember that? And there, the ashtrays at Mezzo, and everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were coloured and, and gi- yeah, gigantic restaurant. I remember everybody had those ashtrays. And I, well, I particularly like that because I think what we're talking about there is all these, you know, thinking about those moments and touch points, and then elevating it from there. Because of course, so much of you know designing for the built environment will often happen with the big and heaviest elements, and then they work their way down within the red line, and often things. That they're experiential are spoken of, spoken of as the overlay, where I think a lot, very much what you're saying is that this is the underlay, and then you design to enable that. Is that fair? Is that yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's 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 you know, look, space is about how you feel, how it makes you feel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it has to be. It's not. It's not just what it looks like. I mean, something looks like something. Yeah. You know, it, it has a it has a sort of reaction with us, and it makes us feel a certain way. So. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, start start with that in mind. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. You want to make someone feel. You want to make you know. It's it's. I mean, look, I have had many run-ins with architects, yeah. <laughs> yeah. interior designers, and other creative sorts, and um, you know. And it's principally around that sort of idea that you know, we're not we're not creating a bit of an art necessarily in order to sort of cause um, you know, conversation. Which yeah. we, we talk about how people live or work, yeah. Um, and th- and therefore it is about how it makes us feel. Yeah. Because yeah. if we feel good about ourselves and we feel better about ourselves, we are more productive, we're happier, yeah. um, and all of those sort of things. Yeah, I get that, and I think that thing about this—it's very active the way you speak about it. And I, I remember earlier on you, your body language when you were talking about the community, both of the community of people that that, that that work and live and play in the fisheries, but also the community of your partnerships above and beyond in Hackney. And I wonder if you could tell us a bit about that as as how your thinking evolved for the fisheries. Yeah, I mean, so so actually, I'll give you a very good example of that actually, which was you know we have this space, the green room, would make a perfect cafe, right? Mm-hmm. And given my background, I think most people would expect it to be one. Yeah. Um, but we decided not to do that. And I decided not to do it for two, two reasons, actually. Number one was there are a number of cafes around us. They're all bloody good. So I'm not sure that I'd be as good as them. Partly, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to compete. But, but secondly, why should I compete? You know, they, they, they need more business. We want to encourage them. We want yeah. them to stay. We want them to flourish. We, you know, the, the business around us, we want to help them be successful yeah. as much as ourselves. And if they succeed, so will we. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we're helping to do we're, we're part of a sort of dynamic, um, symbiotic relationship. So yeah. why open our own one to compete? Yes, we do our lot, but that's one day a week. Yeah. Um, so, and we use, by the way, you know, all local suppliers in terms of um, where we get our produce from to do that much. So, yeah. you know, that's that's important to us. And then the other thing was the events. So, so instead of putting a cafe, we put this event space in there, green room. And we want it because it can open out onto the onto the high street as well as, as the internal. You know, we wanted to sort of create this sort of village hall idea we were the sort of local, this was the sort of local village hall, so we have had weddings there. Yeah. Uh, all people external, I'm not sure anybody wants to work here and then get married here and, and then have their Wednesday lunch and every first Thursday of the month be here all the time. So so there have been external weddings. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've had engagement parties, people's yeah, birthday parties. We've, we organised Christmas fate when we were able to, which would involve the whole yeah. uh, street. You know, so we're trying to bring outside in, yeah. if that makes sense, rather than inside out. Yeah. And you know, it's I think that's really important. You know, this is the, the, the buildings, if you like. I know the thing yeah. about when we started to think about this building, we, as you rightly said earlier, we have the great, great privilege of building the building from, from ground up. Mm. So you know, we, we could start with the end in mind, um, but you know. When we went to the planners, I said, look, you know, we want our building to be part of the community. This is important that everybody else feels good about this building, yeah. use outside of it as the ones who are in it. And if, if that happens, then yeah. everyone's happy. Yeah. And, and, and you know, so, so, the, so that, 
bringing people into the space yeah. who are not working here every day was very important to yeah. us. And I suppose that's the important thing about that hospitality mindset, both at the beginning and throughout, isn't it? That I think often people are ever so good at doing research at the beginning and then things get designed and hardwired in and then they're stuck. Whereas I think yeah. a lot of what we're talking about here is it's ongoing, isn't it? it? You know, you can only be relevant if you're constantly asking the question, does this connect with you? And then iterating as you go on. That strikes yeah. me. I think it's also, I think also that there's this idea of generosity. My, yeah. my my view is what you give, you get back in life. You know, yeah. it should be. I mean, not always. To yeah. be honest, but yeah. you know, I still still at the age of almost fifty two, I'm still of the belief that you know I've probably got back more in life than that's been taken away, and that's yeah. because you know we we try I try and be generous. You know, yeah. try and be generous with things. So sure, it's a business. We have a business here. We need to make money. Uh, local business, but we try to apart that. And, and so generosity yeah. can come back, and so we don't, you know, charities get our space for free, um, you yeah. know, and all of those things. And it's, it's never, I mean, it's never, never, I've never had to question those decisions, yeah. you yeah. know, because I'm in mean, the podcast studio where I'm sitting in now. Yeah. If you're a charity, if you're a social enterprise, we will give you the space to do your podcast yeah. for yeah. free. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to cost you a penny, and, and and it's important to us to do that because. You know, we, I think we have, you know, those of us in the sort of capitalist building world, property world, have a duty of care. Yeah. You know, you do. I know. I think in that sense, then, you know, so much of what you're talking about there, and you, you and I talked briefly about the, I think it was called the Clue Train Manifesto last yes. time that you mentioned. And I think that spirit of being, you know, great brands are constantly in conversation with all of their stakeholders, and there is purpose and identity, which is often socially useful and commercially astute, and then it follows its way down. But it's always active, always in conversation. It strikes me that this is much more conversation about you know stakeholder brands and generosity through that lens and it's and then property is just one environment one tool is that the right balance do you think there if i got that right i you know we we could we could talk a lot about property and what's possibly wrong (laughs) about the property world i mean the balance is there a balance no at all maybe there will be maybe One thing COVID will do is, is address that sort of balance. But you know, my experience until building my own was to be a, a tenant. You know, and um, if, if this is what we're talking about, you know, and, yeah. and so you know, it's, it's a very it has been quite sort of one sided. Um, you know, it's my building; it's in a good location, and therefore, you know, they're, they're all powerful in yeah. that sense, and. Um, and because they're not operating it themselves, they've been sort of removed from that um, that that sort of customer facing yeah. part, which which you just describing. Yeah. You know? So they haven't been terribly linked yeah. until now. And interesting when we first met yeah. in that conversation, you know, you see developers and um, and property large property owners realizing that you know they need to treat their tenants as a customer, not a yeah. Yeah. Not a tenant, yeah. you know. It should be there should be customer um, relationships, not tenant relationships. You yeah. maybe need to change the language actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it'd be quite an interesting thing, wouldn't it? But yeah. you know, so that there's been a breakdown. I think. I mean, there's there's been a point that the, 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 the emphasis on 
relationships with your customer base has been purely tenant there. That's been yeah. tenant's work and, 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 and actually, you know, you almost given the keys and told to get on with it. So as long as you yeah. pay, you know, this is, this is yeah. quite enjoyment within the lease, yeah. which means basically your landlord, you know, just has to leave you to it. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. It's kind of really... That's an odd thing in itself, isn't it? It really is. A, you know, proper absentee landlord there. And now I think you know we're seeing, you know, those particularly a lot of the big bigger owner enabler activator type landlords who are properly stepping forward together. And so things like turnover rents are, are kind of interesting in that, aren't they? Where everybody is, you know, together looking for the upside and defending against the downside. Do you think we'll see more of that? Is that positive in your, your world? Yes, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, you know, coming back to, to, to your, your comments, which is it's connecting all these dots all the way through. You know, yeah. there's bricks and mortar all the way through to the end user. Yeah. And, you know, let's start with the end user, bring it all the way back to the bricks and mortar. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah, we need yeah, to connect yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work it out, you know, to make that person happy, you need to do this. To make that person happy, yeah. you need to do this. Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Eventually, you get to the developer or the landlord. Yeah. And, you know, they've got to be part of that, um, system yeah or it breaks down that's right that's right you know, i mean it, it, it actually fascinating fascinating idea isn't it when you actually think about it yeah uh, but if they're not part of it you know, it's, it's the thing why shouldn't you know surely the job of a landlord or a developer is to engage with its future users yeah yeah um yeah. And, and, and isn't that part of their you know job yeah yeah. Isn't it part of our job to actually say, you know, we are good at creating buildings yeah. and working with operators yeah. at producing these amazing yeah. areas, particularly if you're a large, large developer. I mean, there, there's slightly, you know, so we talk about the campus or yeah. sort of they, they can sort of place making and all yeah. these sort of yeah. highbrow phrases for for for, for development. But yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's it's your ability to deliver those, you know, deliver that end goal, a place yeah. in which people are happy to work, to live, to to go to school, or yeah. whatever it is, or to, yeah. to pray, or whatever, yeah, whatever these things are. Yeah. You know, that is our end goal. Yeah. And if you are not connected with it. Yeah. How can you possibly deliver it? Yeah. Well, everything you say, it speaks of a, a culture. And I remember you, you talking to me about this before, that, you know, often is what's happening in property is people are give, give, being given roles, aren't they? You go, you're from hospitality. You can be the concierge. And you're from yeah. kind of, you know, you, you know about being generous. Then you have this role. But what you're saying fundamentally is, and all your body language, which is hard given this is an audio podcast, but just for everybody, there's, you know, arms moving around in circles suggest a whole ecosystem approach. And then there's the stepping stones of going. This links to this, and so to, to tell me would that would, would that be right then, sir? That culture is what we need to kind of in, engender here. Yes, culture. Culture is. Do you know what? I remember creating the first bar at Bonigo, and I, I, I'm afraid I'm, I'm one of these people who you can obsess about certain things. And one of the things I'm obsessed with at the time is what's going to make us different. Yeah. You know, so we, we're going to sell, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, we're, we're a bar. There's a bar there, yeah. right? They're doing very well, and there's a bar there, they're doing well. Now we're going to a bar. And what's going to make us different from those bars? You know, ultimately, 
I can do the same deal with Heineken. I can do the same deal with this, that, and the other. I can bring in a craft beer, probably slightly before the craft beer uh, phase, um, but um, shows how old I am. <laughs> um, and and you know when you come down to it, what makes one bar different from another? Yeah, you put a different stall in, and this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, it is a sort of cultural thing. You know, it is it is it is a cultural thing. You know, what is it? You know, your choices of beer, wine, and everything else is a cultural decision. Yeah. Uh, in terms of it, may, it is what you stand for, yeah. and therefore people are attracted to that. And yeah. it, you know, culture is. You know, it's I guess uh, somebody used to work for me actually described culture as the way we do things. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I guess that's it. You know, all of those little things that you do, which nobody else does. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very important for me to have little boxes of matches, for instance, when we opened that bar, beautifully designed that people would nick and steal and take away. And, you know, just, just, and, and, and oddly, it was something that I think in the 70s everyone did and then it sort of phased out. It took us quite a long time to find someone and, and to, to do it for us, but we did it and they were so sort of popular and, you know, yeah. uh, you know it's sort of this work, works of art. Yeah. You know, so just loads of yeah. tiny, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tiny little things that you do yeah. that maybe other people don't do. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so culture is incredibly, I was going to swear there, yeah. and I realise I'm being taped. And, uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, for me, it's the number one thing, yeah, yeah. actually. And so you culturally, you're broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And only... You know, the interesting thing about culture is, is people generally don't think they're broke yeah. culturally. They always think they are yeah. you know, the, the be all and end all. But you know, if, 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 if you're starting from the wrong place, mm. you know, then it's not going to go well. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I suppose that's so much about what happens behind the scenes, isn't it? That that culture is something that is within the organisation. It constantly needs to be underpinned by values that are well understood and they're not like written big on the wall they're kind of they're, 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 they're fundamental to everything everybody's doing I, I once read that uh, culture beats strategy every time that people often think strategy is fundamental but actually it's your day-to-day practice that's fundamental and then everything follows from there isn't there something like less than 10 percent of strategies get, get executed yeah. isn't that statistically correct i think it is i can well imagine you know so you know it's great those those people who love a meeting or two yeah uh, strategize hours and hours papers and this that and the other you know actually you know i guess they have their place I, I, i've fallen foul of that myself yeah. but actually you know it is how yeah that the strategy should be about how you create culture mm-hmm. what do we do yeah on a day-to-day basis nice. that allows what we want to happen to happen Mm. And you know, we touched on it earlier. When that, when those fail, take them out, replace them, and when they succeed, turn it up to eleven. Yeah, I like that. Yes, yes. I think strategy is how we create culture. I think it's brilliant. I'm gonna, yeah, bumper sticker, t-shirt. There we are. That can be on my giveaway mugs. I think. I I think that that point, which connects with I think a thing that we were talking about a little bit before about the difference between I suppose the village and the campus. So we were doing that talk, weren't we, a few weeks ago? That was very much around the campus and and the city campus and how I suppose potentially in a post-pandemic world 
that's that's a good model. But one thing you were saying that I thought was very interesting is that the idea of campus feels very top down. It feels like, okay, you've got a big idea and we're going to, you know, operate to the hell out of it. Whereas the village, which is much more the way you're talking about, you know, connecting with your immediately adjacent communities is, is a partnership and it is ground up. And I think, I wonder if you could tell us a bit more about that, or maybe I've over explained it already. Like we sort of have, but it's, <laughs> if I can just expand on it even further, you know, the great villages. I mean, I, I guess I didn't grow up in a village, I grew up in a town, but a pretty small one. Mm. And, you know, you have a butcher, a fishmonger, this, that, and the other, and they, they, you know, they do different things, right? But they all part of creating what, mm. what, and then a great big waitrose turned up, and, and, but, you know, <laughs> that's the modern life. Um, but, you know, so, so it's, yeah, the village is not full of people who are the same. Yeah. They're actually full of people who are different. And surely that is what also makes it work. And, then, you know, instead of having, um, you know, 10 butchers and 10 this and the other, it has people who, 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 who you know, exist together. Yeah. You know, um, and that's sort of what a village is, isn't it? I mean, if we, if, if we were to take it beyond, I, th- I think we would, t- I was talking about in the context of Hackney. Mm. Being a series of villages, four or five villages, um, and which which it is, and actually London basically being a whole load of villages. You see, London is one huge city, but actually London is full of little villages yeah. who each have their own little niche cultures. Um, yeah. And I, I actually, I would say, with the exception of me, when I moved to London, Central London, Covent Garden, really had a very, very distinct feeling an air which I sort of feel it's quite you know it's sort of slightly yeah lost that a little bit but you know I do sort of wonder whether things like COVID might actually help bring that back I think they're going to have to yeah well I mean we've seen the word localism used ever more aren't we and I think particularly as we've been kind of stuck in our you know it, it, our homes in our villages in our on our streets we've noticed what's missing you know we've got to hang on a minute you know all those places where we would be meeting and having that conversation or potentially there's that co-working space or maybe it's a kind of variety of spaces that can have yoga or dance in the afternoon and then there's like university of the third age in the evening and i don't know whatever it might be late late evening we want those more dynamic places and we've found our locale desperately missing that and maybe that's something we are going to learn you know we're going to want to pump up those high streets i hope so i mean i'm a great believer in the high street you know i really uh, uh, you know it's devastating to walk down a high street which is yeah. half closed and um you know and, and, and remember that we're you know we're as much to blame for that yeah as maybe the businesses themselves yeah. You know, I'm not sure who is to actually make the We don't use them, yeah. then they're going to go. You know, how, how can they exist? But then, if the wrong things are there, then we're not going to use them. So there's this sort of um, debate, isn't there, about what, what, how, how the high street should be used? But yeah. it is fundamentally important to our to growing up. Yeah. I, I would say, I mean, the high street for me is incredibly important to youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if you don't, you know, do, you know it's a high street. It's thoroughly depressing in my view the high street turned out to be a sort of virtual thing on on a on a on a laptop. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I do see that. I mean, the high street is all those things that you were saying about, particularly that program led way you're thinking about the fisheries and its relationships is that you're always listening and seeking to be relevant. And therefore, you know, I think a great model for the high street is to be much more like that, much more program led. And so that it isn't. And in that sense, you know, you can more easily not be Amazon, that you're going, actually, we're not about, you know, having the most amount of choice at the lowest possible cost with the ultimate convenience. We're going, well, it's either rare or familiar. You're, you're pulling, you're looking at either ends of the spectrum. And I, I think, you're, you know, what you're talking about feels like that's a good model for that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's, 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 you know, thinking about it now, you know, off the cuff, it's incredibly hard because, you know, it's, it's easy to think that everybody wants a sort of farmer's market or a this, that, and the other to turn up on their doorstep. But actually, do they? You know, is that really, you know, is it, is it, you know, in, in, here in Hackney, certainly going back 30 years ago, I'm not sure it is what most people wanted around here. You know, they wanted other things. And, and you know, now it's a slightly, you know, it's, you know, it's a wealthier borough uh, than it used to be. And so, they, so it's hugely popular. But, you know, the, the you know, not every high, high street has that sort of luxury. Mm. Um, so you know what what do we what do we put in and what do we make more relevant? Mm. Yeah, we we kind of are sort of probably at risk of handing our own ideas of yeah. what people should have yeah. want down to people who actually say, well, actually, it's not what I want at all. I agree. I agree. And I think you're right. It's not about that. It's not about specific ideas. I think that culture of relevance is what it is. And then you're, you're asking people and then acting upon it and then needing planners and licenses and developers to be more nimble so they can meet their, those needs. And like you said at the beginning, and prototype a little, try it out, see how it connects. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, my view of high streets is they should pedestrianise them all. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, I did a, I did a, a, a I'm still quite proud of this. Actually, I did a marketing course yeah. years ago in my sort of early twenties. I was working for a wine company, persuade them to, to send me on this marketing called diploma, yeah. which I'm not sure I ever finished, to be honest. But <laughs> and my thesis was on Oxford Street, and I said we should. We should pedestrianise Oxford Street. The only way to save Oxford Street was to pedestrianise the whole thing, bring cafes out into the, you know, yeah. make it much more sort of continental. Yeah. And my understanding is they may be actually there is there are plans to do that. I think that's right. There are plans afoot for exactly that. I think then yeah. and you you and then add to that the fact that you know more events licensing and the idea that you know almost you're thinking about High Street as venue. And I think you're away, you know. So what do you say as your, maybe some last words on, on uh, attracting people to the city post-pandemic? What are the key things we need to, to, to enliven our cities and get us off our sofas and back into the high streets? Oh, that's such a big question. Oh. I mean, if I had the answer, I'd be a billionaire, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, I mean, my, my, my view, I mean, I, I have probably not stopped going into the city yeah. In the last twelve months, I mean, I cycled in there. It's a rare opportunity to be in London with nobody else. I mean, probably, hopefully, Touchwood would never happen again in my lifetime. Um, but you know, to attract people in, you know, I think you can stop stop treating people as commodities. Yeah, number one, mm. because we're not. Yeah. So maybe we're going to, to try harder. Maybe landlords are going to have to accept that, that rent only, rent upwards only, 
model doesn't quite work anymore. You know, they've got, you know, so you you own a building in what used to be a really vibrant place and people just all go there anyway, right? And now they're not going there. Suddenly, oh, 12 months, they're not going there. And, you know, they need to understand. I mean, I, I still hear, um, Adam, from many, many, many landlords, oh, yeah, but it's going to come back. It's going to come yeah. back. Yeah, it's going to come. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. Yeah, well, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But whatever happens, it's going to come back differently. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, the the you know, I'm a Londoner. I live in London. So you know, this is my home. Um, yeah, particularly Hackney, obviously, but you know, L- London is my home. What's really affected central London is actually not us as Londoners. It's the out of town with people who live out of London. Yeah. And they're not coming in. Yeah. And they don't need to. Yeah. Suddenly we discover they don't need to. They need, they need to actually go into work. They can work from home. Yeah. Um, they 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 can go to their, you know, I'm sure, you know, someone some told me quite early on that they felt that the restaurant scene outside of London was going to become much more important, relevant, much more mm. exciting. And I still probably agree with that. I think that's great. Mm. I know three chefs who moved out of London and got a pub and opened in the are now doing very yeah, well and yeah, yeah. able to reopen. And, you know, these really talented chefs who have spent their whole life in working at St. John's River Cafe, etc., etc. et cetera. So, you know, uh, so they are moving out, you know, it's, it's, that's going to happen. So, so what do we need to do to attract them? And tourism, you know, yeah. I mean, the, the biggest two single things that I think has actually yeah. um, affected central London that those two things aren't they out there yeah. it's people coming into town and from outside London and and tourists yeah and, and you know actually as a Londoner I think I've probably been to central London more in the last year than probably have in the last three years it's interesting that isn't it I mean Sadiq Khan I think he, he, within the second lockdown spoke of the fact that London was in the midst of an existential crisis because without visitors whether it's tourists or people from outside it just doesn't work and so I think that really plays to what you're talking about here about yeah, the you know not treating people as a commodity noting it's going to come back differently and therefore we need to also more carefully think about who our audience is rather than just assuming one the commodity thing is a really interesting thing. I know it actually sort of reminds me of, of you used to talk a lot about it in Benigo, actually, and yeah. the bar thing was a good example. You know, Pines and Heineken's a commodity, right? Yeah. And there was somebody, must guess, I don't remember who it was, but they described um, brand value as, as, as brand minus commodity equals brand value. So take away the commodity. Yeah. And what are you left with? Take away the pint of Heineken or craft beer, or whatever it is, the thing that everybody can buy. Yeah. Ooh, um, yeah. What are you left with? I like and, that. You know, that's that in itself is a super interesting yeah. thing. And we, when we took over the V and A, which is the first public space that we did in Benugo, you know, I, I sort of, I just can't, can't remember it so long ago, but. I'm pretty sure that in our presentation it was about commodity so we're not going to treat your visitors as a commodity at that time yeah. you know probably it was us and Oliver Payton we were yeah. the only people doing it well you know yeah. saying actually we're not going to treat them like yeah. just that they're here at the museum sell yeah. them a crap egg and cress sandwich for as much as possible that's yeah. what this business is about we said no 
we're going to sell them an Alien Chris sandwich if that's what they want, but it's going to be the best one they've ever had. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and it's not going to cost them much more, if, if more at all, yeah. than the previous you know, operator. Hugo, I think... The fundamental thing, I mean, I'm pretty sure in DNA we didn't put a single price up yeah. when we took it over. And yeah, that was about saying, look, we, 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 can, we can attract people here by being good. Yeah. And we did. We took it from under a million pounds turnover to over five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I think About that's really... Years. It's really powerful, that. I think brand minus commodity equals brand value. And that therefore, when things that are more personalized, more customized, more attuned to the individual needs of the audience is the fundamental, you know, that, that is the experience yeah. economy summed up as one mantra. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank very you. Much so. I mean, you know, what, what's, you know, it's, it's, it's this idea, what, what, how do we, you know, how do we buy? How do we make a decision on what we buy and what we do? And, and you know, I, I guess, I guess you know, you know, pair of, one pair of trousers does the same job as another pair of trousers. To get, you know, in the same price range, you'd hope they do the same thing. But we get attracted to one thing over another because we sort of identify yeah. with whatever that brand is. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, we buy it because it says something about ourselves. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing is, is can you can you pass up onto property? Yeah. yeah. Can we can we think about property in that way? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it'd be really interesting. I've had this conversation numerous times with other developers um, and landlords, yeah. and I would say, without mentioning anybody at all, that probably ninety nine percent of them haven't got a clue what a brand is. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? And therefore, there's very little brand loyalty. People don't, you know, say we're going to stay with this building and then we're going to, you know, remain with that developer, remain with that brand, which is mad given so many of those developers have huge portfolios that they're looking to better kind of open up. Mm. And yet there's very little connection between one entity and the next. And, and, and therefore, and service ideally could be the link between all of these elements and actually give people, you know, a connection to that place and that bit of city above and beyond the bricks and mortar. But you're right, doesn't it happen yet, does it? It does. I mean, again, going back to Benigo, one one um, fellow, which we, we, they were very clever, actually, and that was St Pancras. Yeah. Um, and they had, uh, I think it was Nick Lander, the, um, he's a, a sort of consultant and, and writer for Financial Times. And I think he was... He was consulting and he sort of persuaded them to say, look, if you want people like Benugo, uh, you know, interesting business rather than just another well-known sandwich (laughs) shop, which I shall mention who they are, then you sort of need to make it worth their while. And we've just not come across that before. You know, any big development was sort of like, we are this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You're going to have to pay top dollar to be here. Um, etc 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 and actually some bankers didn't do that didn't yeah. they gave us an amazing deal and, and, and getting into a train station was yeah. nigh on impossible yeah, yeah, back then yeah, yeah. Um, and some bankers sort of led the way in that respect yeah. they gave us a much better deal in terms of tone and rent um, yeah. made us much more comfortable with the economics of the whole thing made sure it was easy for us to get our products freshly every single day to yeah. sign yeah. Yeah. whereas yeah, provided it was sort of Difficult, you know, everything was more difficult, you know, because you were at a train station, all this, something yeah. else. <clears throat> so they really gave a shit, you know, yeah. and that was an interesting thing. And as a result, some Pancras did become yeah. uh, an amazing place. Yeah. 
I, th- I think it really plays to what you said earlier about strategy is how you create culture because I think those that early vision for St Pancras and King's Cross was about how all these elements would work together, had a good understanding of its audience, a clear governance structure that wasn't just about what we're going to build but how we're going to run it. And I think yeah. as a result was far better for it, which I think in many ways, you know, people don't speak enough maybe about it, that, you know, we love what Argent did in King's Cross, but actually St Pancras and what London and Continental Railways were talking about there was really the catalyst, not just in terms of its scale, but in terms of its attitude. And I, I, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. definitely. I mean, you know, it, it sort of went back to the sort of European model where, you know, yeah. a train station with a great brasserie. Yeah. You know, they all you know, go to Paris, every Gare de Lyon, Gare de Nord, they all have a great brasserie yeah. either in the station or right next door to it. And, you know, and, and numerous other sort of uh, businesses thriving off the yeah. back of it. Yeah. And, yeah, that's so important, isn't it? Yeah. That's what makes them so exciting place. They're still exciting. I mean, I love arriving in the Gare de Nord. Yeah. And leave it, actually. I always, I always go to Brasserie Garden or when I come, just before coming, getting on the Eurostar to come home. Yeah. It's just a sort of ride passage. It plays to what you spoke about before about the importance of those touch points. And almost thinking about it, whether it's the salt and pepper cellar, whether it's the concierge or whether it's the brasserie, we're merely thinking about touch points and almost like a, a storyboarding of a journey, but at a city scale, which I think is you know, possibly where we're wanting to take this conversation, because ideally, that's what city planners, city makers, developers, planners should be thinking about, you know, almost the programme at that kind of scale. Yeah, totally. I mean, how, you know, I, I, look, without getting too deep and intellectual, right? it's, you know, how do our brains work, you know, most, and, and they sort of, surely the touch points, I guess, in a funny sort of way, are they, are they little triggers in our minds which remind us of certain things and that we liked and didn't like, right? and, and, you know, that, so, yeah, I, look, I, I, I'm not a neurologist and yeah. I know, <laughs> you know, claim to be one yeah. at all, but, you know, that, it, it, it must be, to, perhaps, perhaps we, all need to be better psychologists. Yeah. And uh, that would be an interesting way to look at property. Yeah, which brings it full circle, which takes us back to what you said at the beginning about caring. And I think that's the thing. I, You know, this being great to connect with Hugo and I think all, all these scales I think the way you're speaking about strategy and vision the way you talk about it in terms of you know that lack of commoditization and the fact that we build a brand on you know stripping that out and fundamentally it comes to care at every scale i it's been wonderful to talk to you so Hugo thank you I know you weren't super sure about this podcast thing but I think you've you've knocked it out the park <laughs> thank you Hugo thank you very much goodbye Bye. Thank you for listening to the Free Thinking Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Hugo. Now, next up, Emma Beverly, executive producer of Leeds 2023. One whole year where the city is letting culture loose. And as they said at the launch last week, they're going to create, make, perform, run, bake, eat, share, sing, speak and play. Because culture is everywhere in this city. It'll be great asking Emma all about that. Now, do subscribe so you know when the next episodes are and do leave us a comment so we can get better and better. Thank you and see you soon.